The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. Oh, hello. It's great to have your company. Hopefully, we're going to have a stellar weekend of racing as the Cheltenham Trials meeting kicks off. Hopefully, because as we're recording this, we're literally about an hour away from being told, yes, it's good to go, or no, it's all been cancelled. And making her debut on the show, and with a little giggle to start off, it is the iconic broadcaster, the female from Channel 4 Racing and colleague on TalkSport 2 as well, Tanya Stevenson. Welcome back to the show, Tanya. Oh, this and this fantastic. I'm giving a little giggle because I just think, uh, I just hope that the Jack Frost hasn't created havoc at Cheltenham. I don't think it has. The temperatures hasn't gone so low, but I'm giving a little giggle because it's going to be a great show, isn't it? We've got some good racing to chat about. We got a lot of quality to look into. And if this all ends up on the cutting room floor in an hour's time, I'm going to be super annoyed. But it should be, we should be okay. Hopefully. Uh, also joining us, colleague from TalkSport and a regular on the Final Forum podcast, arguably the first lady of the show, Lucy Russell-Hughes. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, hi, Emmett and Tanya. Good to be back, Emmett. Um, yeah, lots to talk about, obviously, and hopefully we do get the go-ahead for Cheltenham this weekend. Yeah, the more, the more we talk about it, the more nervous I'm getting. But anyway, we should... Hopefully we're all right, because if we are, we get Trials Day at Cheltenham this weekend, and it is a stellar card, nine races at Cheltenham. But then next week, we get the Dublin Racing Festival. And to celebrate, there's a gravy train competition for the Final Forum Podcast listeners. Uh, the Dublin Racing Festival will take place on the bank holiday weekend. So we got the three-day weekend as well. One in five tickets sold have been sold to UK customers, which is fantastic. Uh, about 25,000 fans expected over the weekend at Leopardstown. And it should be an absolute cracker with some of the very best jumps horses in the business in action. Uh, so, what we have got for you is a pair of tickets for both days, for the 4th and the 5th, a digital e-ticket, a food voucher worth twelve fifty, a tote betting voucher worth €5, Euro, and your race program, all courtesy of ourselves and Leopardstown Racecourse. How do you win? Tweet us. Hashtag FFP Comp at Final Furlong Pod. Tell us who won the 2018 renewal of the Irish Champion Hurdle. So the Irish Champion Hurdle, when the Dublin Racing Festival first kicked off, who won that year's Irish Champion Hurdle? The 2018 renewal of the Irish Champion Hurdle. Who won it? Tweet ash, hashtag FFP Comp at Final Furlong Pod, and we will announce two winners of the pair of tickets each, so you and a friend get to go. Two winners announced on Monday's show, and the very best of luck to you. Uh, let's begin with the Triumph Hurdle Trial uh, at 11.40, live on Racing TV. A comfort zone is the 9-4 to favourite with Bet Dak. Uh, Jupiter De Geet, who Gary Moore described as mad in the head when making a 15-length winning debut at Newbury. An 11-4 to shot with Bet Dak. Dixon Cove, 100-30, just denied by comfort zone last time out. And then Scriptwriter, uh, a 7-2 to two shot. Tanya Stevenson, it's your debut, so you get first go. Who wins the Triumph Hurdle trial? I think Gary Moore's still scratching his head, isn't he, after that 66-1 victory at Newbury. It, he was the most surprised, uh, even though it was a big price. But he has always had, and this season, no exception, a good um, array of talented juvenile hurdlers. And Jupiter de Geek is one of them, even though he's 
a little bit astounded uh, just how he's used one. However, we are revert back to Chepstow and that great encounter between Comfort Zone and Dixton Cove. I think whatever happens out of Cheltenham on and going forward, this will be a pairing that will rematch again and again and again, even over the bigger obstacles. It, uh, Comfort Zone is a wonderful, wonderful sort for uh, Joseph O'Brien. And so too Dixon Cove. I think he's more progressive. And coming into Cheltenham, I think Dixon Cove is more of a Cheltenham horse. And for me, I'd go with the poor Nichols horse. But I'm really keen to see what happens with Jupiter de Guy because what a wonderful surprise it was. But going back to that Chepstow race, what a good race. And it's important that we watch this because Chepstow's form will be key throughout the afternoon, whether it be here at Cheltenham or whether it be at Doncaster. That day, the ground was soft. I sense it was a little bit more testing than just soft and how it may or may not have left the mark on the competitors, i.e. whether they'll come into this race really fresh and raring to go again or whether they'll potentially be vulnerable to other more fresher competitors. I think with these juvenile hurdlers, they'll be fresh, raring to go again. I'm going with Dixon Cove, though. Okay, and and I can certainly see the case. 130 with Betdak as we record. Lucy, what about you? Yeah, yeah, it's tricky because they they all have a really good chance, don't they, in this this contest. I think Comfort Zone, obviously very good last time out of Chepster. I think he has the right profile for this sort of race. Um, Joseph O'Brien does does very well with these sorts of horses and at Cheltenham. Um, yeah, Jupiter Zuki, I don't think he's going to get such an easy lead as he did at Newbury last time. Obviously, he beat um, the well-fancied Jet Powered as well on that occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did really have the run of, run of the race. He's a, he's a lovely big individual. Whether he handles Cheltenham is is my only concern. So, um, And Dixon Cove, yeah, she's a, a lovely filly with a lot to like. Um, only beaten a neck last time. I think Comfort Zone might just get the better of her again. I just think he might have a better sort of profile for Cheltenham, but I think it's going to be between those two, and I, and I think the favourite probably um, has a little bit more in his favour. This is a cracking race, and Ju- Jupiter De Geet, who gets to run on the same card as his brother, as his brother uh, editor De Geet, is is tremendous, but is another exciting head case for the Gary Moore yard. He just has a hab. Why does he keep getting these horses, Tanya? Um, I don't, I think it's harsh. He, he's, Gary's sort of kind of labelled this one a head case. He just knows how to get talented youngsters, doesn't he? Um, knows how to get talented and, head cases, for sure. But he's able to develop them into winning racehorses. Exactly. Um, and that's the key. He's got the patience and he just knows how to tap into their talent without sort of kind to go against their temperament. Let them have the temperament to start with because that fuels their ability. And then slowly but surely as they grow in stature and and age as well, the horses themselves then nurture their own talent. Um, And we've seen that with Gary. We've seen that with his horses. And that's the tack that he used. I will say that this race, as Lucy's mentioned, what a race this is. Take a... In previous years, how many good horses has it produced? We've got the likes of Peace & Co, Defi Desoy, Abu Shakira, Fakir Duderi, and Pied Piper, just to name a few of the previous winners. So when you are watching this race, and that's just the winners, the horses that are running it behind, 
have been great. There's plenty to go forward to, and this is why it's called Trials Day. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's, it's definitely, <laughs> this has been yeah, a very important trial. race, but it, it, certainly the DRF has replaced it mm-hmm. um, or has at least usurped it recently, but this card is, is looking to be a real um, cracker. Yeah, that's, this is the, yeah, the, the pair of them amalgamated and you should have no excuses for not finding Cheltenham winners. <sighs> well, hopefully, hopefully. Um, I like Scriptwriter. Uh, yeah. I was very taken with Jupiter De Geep, but I, I want to see him back that up. I, I just wonder if that was a flukish performance. But if it really was what he did that day, then he's going to be very, very interesting. Um, however, he'll give Scriptwriter a terrific toe into the race. He'll keep everything honest. He's going to set a, a proper gallop. Um, Dixon Cove will keep him honest up there as well. Imagine she'll settle in behind. Uh, but he's won both starts over hurdles, including on the old course, beating Perseus Way, who's gone on to win since and would be a fancy for the friend Win- Fred Winter. Uh, he was due to run in the finale over Christmas, but ground concerns saw him switch to Wolverhampton. He wore a first-time tongue tie, made his all-weather debut, carried a lumpy weight and won. Gave nine pounds in the beating to Base Note, who's gone on to win since. And he's probably going to be a player on the group three on the flat this season. Um, the So... He's beaten two subsequent winners in two different codes. Uh, he did make a mistake three out at Cheltenham and then stumbled over the last. But aside from those errors, he was very good. Um, he'll get the strong pace that he likes. And the only concern I would have for him is the ground. But I I trust Milton Harris and I believe what he did at Cheltenham. I think he's a very, very smart horse. If he handles the ground, he'll be very... I think he'll be hard to beat if he handles it. Um Hopefully he actually gets to take his chance, but we, we shall learn more. Uh, I'll I'll go with Stage Star. Um, Dixon Cove for you. And uh, Lucy, you're going to go yes. with Comfort Zone? Yeah, it's a tricky one, but I, I think I will side with him if we in don't, that race. If we don't have the winner there, you got to pick who you want to go with. Lucy, Tanya, or me. And if... if Something else yeah. comes. If Jupiter Geek comes and nails us all, then we're idiots. Uh, the 1210 <laughs> is the Timeform Novices Handicap Chase, a fire dancer, second run after a wind up, uh, and second start for Venetia Williams, with Charlie Deutsch on board is the 5 to 2 favourite from Stage Star for Paul Nichols, 9 to 2. Unexpected party, a 5 to 1 shot. Lucy, lead us off. Who wins the Novice Chase? Well, this is another really good lineup. Um, there's a lot of strength and depth in this race. Um, Fire Dancer, obviously, he's been very, very good over in France and he won on his first start from Venetia Williams at Ludlow. Again, I think he might have a, a bit of a different test um, at the weekend at Cheltenham, so uh, I'm willing to take him on. I think Stage Star is a lovely horse with um, all the right credentials for this race. I've been I've been very impressed with, it, with him throughout um, the majority of his career, even over hurdles last season, he was very good. Um, although towards the back end of the season, a little bit disappointing. But he's been very good over the bigger obstacles this season. Uh, one last time out at Plumpton. Yeah, he's got to carry a lot of weight in this contest. Um, but that, that's the only concern with him. But there's a few question marks for the other horses in there as well. So I think um, Stage Star is probably the classiest horse in the field. But even Malinello was very, very good at Newcastle two starts back. Um, bit disappointing since then. Um, that's all right. Gino's a, lo- a lovely horse as well going into the race. There's so many nice horses in here, but um, I do like what Stage Star has done so far over the fences. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's the price is key with him. <laughs> the nine to two is, is more than fair. Second in a grade two at Newbury, which was disappointing, but back on track in 
what was effectively a match race. Well, it was a match race last time out. Uh, when he was beaten, he hung to the left a little bit. And I, su- I suspect something wasn't quite right that day. He won the cello hurdle. Uh, so he's a grade one novice hurdle winner, a mark of 142 over fences. You'd like to think there's more to come than that. And it's very interesting. The poll has decided that this is the target for him, uh, giving weight away to everything. I think he'll overcome that and um, and will be the class act in the race. Tanya, are you with Lucien? Are you taking us on? I can see why uh, you've gone for stage start. I am a bit like yourselves, a bit quizzical about the price for Fire Dancer. We're trusting this off the back of one run at Ludlow, albeit it's going to get a massive weight concession from Stage Star. But I worry that Venetia is back on the cold list again. She went through that little spate of lots and lots of winners in a glut, and now she's naught from about eight to ten runners, which is a concern. That adds to my um, hesitancy with Fire Dancer. Stage Star, as you mentioned, is a classy act, yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to agree with you with Stage Star. I just want to throw one in there each way, and that'll be Panic Attack. Oh, now, yes! She found Kempton, I felt, really, really too sharp. I mean, she found Kempton just too hard to catch up. She left herself, there's just, just too much to do, and then suddenly quietly, 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 she came into the race. You, you read the form, and it's got um, a 10-length beating. It doesn't tell the whole story, really. Uh, what it was encouraging that is she, there was no, the ability to jump at a f- frenetic pace, even though she she couldn't act around the sharp track. She jumped at pace and came into contention. So if there is something that Stage Star will may may well be challenged about, I'm sure it's going to be panic attack. I completely <laughs> agree with you. And yeah. that would normally be, oh, here we go, David Pipe bandwagon again yeah. for Kennedy. But... I was very impressed with her um, on her chasing debut. I'd spoken to David Pipe for a stable tour and I was really taken by how bullish she was about her going over fences. Um, And I was very intrigued as to what she was going to do on Boxing Day and you've nailed it. She was just outpaced. Uh, It was was too tight and too quick a track for her that day Um, and things happened very, very quickly. But she stayed on really strongly. I, I'm not entirely sure this race is going to be ideal for her, but I would keep her very closely on the yeah. mind for, for the Cheltenham Festival. And remember that in 2016, going all the way back, uh, Untempore <laughs> 2 was sent off favourite for this race, was beaten, but then won the Ultima. That season, the, yeah. the first of his doubles. So it might be that she'll just improve for this and then go on and win a race at Cheltenham oh, yeah. at the festival. But she's very, very high on the list for me. Um 16 to 1 is more compensation than, than you'd normally get uh, for any concerns about her. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely be having a saver on her and I'll do the reverse <laughs> forecast. I'm, I'm, I'm with Stage Star, but I'm keeping a very close eye on her with a view to the Cheltenham Festival because I think that they're going to be lining something up there. Um, but she could have a big, big say at the weekend as well. Uh, 16 to 1 yeah. with Bet That currently about panic attack. The female is on. How many, Each way. How Each many way people female. still go to, go to you? The female, the female. And if you, by the way, if Everyone. for some reason you don't know what I'm Everyone. talking about, Big Mac, God rest him. <laughs> that was every Channel 4 broadcast. Every time the, the director went yes. to you, it was never, Tanya, what's the happening on the machine? Tanya, where's the money? It was always, the female. Yeah, I thought it was a clever play on words. I, um, I'm emailing all the time. So... I was reading out everyone's um, emails, everyone who was kind enough to interact with the program and send in their observations or indeed their selections. And so, uh, yeah, there was, it wasn't detrimental. It was just totally, 
totally his clever play on words. And he just loved all the interaction from all those that sent in their view and their thoughts and just like bouncing off one another. So, you know, it, it was great. It was great fun. It was all in good humor, which is what you need to be. I remember, and I think it was this meeting. Don't ask yes. me what year it was, but it ended up being yeah. canceled very, very late. I hope that does not bode for the weekend, by the way. Um, <laughs> and you didn't go and cover a race meeting el- elsewhere. You just broadcast from the studio and it was you, That's Big Mac, yeah. Ted Walsh, Alistair Down, yeah. Tomo, John Frankham. That, the day that happened, I was glued to the TV, sipping coffee and bursting out laughing the whole way through it. It was just terrific. And that was pretty much the inspiration for the Final Forum podcast. Hey. <laughs> but that's what it needs sometimes. It needs, the sport needs to reminisce. The sport needs to uh, promote. The sport needs just to be one great um, co- conversation and opinion. And that's what it's all about. It's a, a bundle of fun. That's what it needs to do. Big time. All right. The cross-country handicap chase. Lucy's got zero interest in this. So, Lucy, you get, you get two minutes to I put your feet up, them. Lucy. Uh, but don't I worry. Wiped it, I wiped it out, didn't I? When wiped it out. Me, I sent the running order to Tanya <laughs> and Lucy this. yesterday, and Lucy comes back and says, yeah, I don't want to talk about that cross-country. Everything else is fine. Uh, so that, that your feelings have been made noted. That's grand. We know where you'll be on the Wednesday of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Delta worked the yeah. Cheltenham Festival hero is the 5-2 to two favourite for the cross-country in the handicap cross-country chase. That's the key factor here. 12 stone for him. Uh, 10 stone 5 for back on the lash. Bet that goes 7s about him singing banjo. A 15-2 to two shot. Facts. Foxy Jacks nines, and very intriguingly, the Grand National winner, Manila Times, whose form Mm. figures read one, Grand National, failed to complete in his next three starts, then finished 25 lengths behind Mellon and failed to complete last time as well. Uh, So four of his last five starts he has not completed. But this might rejuvenate him, uh, nine to one shot, and then all the way down the field, Easy's land. Oh, Jesus. It's gone horribly wrong with him. Uh, <laughs> Where'd you start there? And it, he is literally stone last, second last, to return to form yes. last time out, uh, and just letters beside his form figures. Aside from that, pulled up, pulled up, pulled up, pulled up. Yeah, it's, it's gone badly wrong with him. Um, that being said, is Tanya going to give us some piece of information about Jack Dawes that now he's back on the lash and away we go, never mind the racehorse, it's all about Easy's Land? Or are you going to no. uh, provide us with no. some gravy elsewhere? Uh, well, of course, we I love these races. I mean, I know, I know um, it polarises people, these races. 32 fences of normally pure drama. Uh, when I was lucky enough to be in the betting ring at Cheltenham, Everyone stood and was glued to the screen. These used to go to the favourites lots and lots of times. So for as much as it polarised people, this was good for favourites. And Delta work, you sense, will be towards the top of the market. And um, he was a pantomime villain, of course, when he beat uh, Tiger Roll. However, he did then go on to be third in the national. Um, and then he won, of course, that risk of Thunder Banks race at Punchestown. Now, that's where the... I feel it. the key lies with Delta Work, Singing Banjo and Foxy Jacks. And I know you're going to groan here. I mean, I really know. I it, I sense Foxy Jacks could come into this race. He's not the most uh. yeah, he's not the most <laughs> prolific winner. I get that. He's two from 20 over chase fences. Um, 
However, his last run, he was running on like he normally does, getting into contention fifth in a race where a horse called Carefully Selected wasn't too far behind. And Carefully Selected won the Thaistis. So um, I just think Foxy Jack's on the weights and everything. He And he knows how to get round Cheltenham as well. He might be a challenger to Dell to work, but it just might be as simple as because these races go to generally the top one in the market, it might be a case of just Dell to work and then put Foxy Jacks in the forecast. Yeah, Delta work is a grade one horse. Yes, um, that's the difference, isn't it? He's grade one. And you might say all the others, well, they might come back to form because the fences. But it just might be as simple as there's a grade one horse in the race. Yeah, and and that might be how this will, will play out. Now, he does have to concede the weight, uh, yeah. and that's not going to be easy. And, and Tiger Roll prepped in one of these. It was either this race or, or the December meeting. Um, yeah, he did, and was pulled up in it. Yeah. Uh, Puppy Power rode him back in 2020. Uh, yeah. So it, it's possible this is just get him there and then bring him back for the Cheltenham Festival. But Rob James taking the seven pounds off is incredibly valuable. And... Mm. Rob's rides, I suspect they're doing something similar with Rob that they're doing with Billy Lucknan on the flat, uh, trying to yes. protect that mark because that yeah, yeah, seven yeah. pounds will be invaluable come the Cheltenham Festival. And his first ride for two weeks was Pencil Full of Lead and the Thaestes, who was third. And that ran well, didn't it? Ran didn't very that well. well. Yeah, yeah, ran very, very yeah. well. That was a huge performance from Carefully Selected. I'm looking forward to reviewing that on Monday. Um, yes. But keep a very close eye out on Rob James and the Martin Pipe for for Gordon, uh, I suspect Imagine will be his ride uh, if he gets another run into him so that he qualifies for handicaps and, and that £7 will be invaluable uh, come then. Uh, that could be the decisive factor from here. I'll t- I'll take a chance on Manila Times uh, mm. just, in yeah, the, just in the hope that this is going to rejuvenate him. We've seen it rekindle the love of racing for other horses uh, and the 9-1 to one is, is fair. John Joe Jr. rides him um, Henry's very good at, at freshening horses up for this level at, at nine to one. I'll, I'll take a chance that he can come back, but God, he's been woeful in his last few starts. So you're really taking the chance that the cross country racing is going to rejuvenate him. Uh, we get the rescheduled Albert Bartlett, <laughs> Clarence house chase saved from Ascot, uh, to be brought back to Cheltenham and uh, the champion chaser Energamine will be much more at home. Uh, at Cheltenham than Ascot, you would argue. A 15 to 8 on with Bet Dak. Uh, the Arkle winner, Edward Stone, an impressive Tinkle Creek winner, as well as a 2 to 1 shot. Editor Dejit has been added in. Uh, he wasn't going to go to Ascot, but he goes much better at Cheltenham than anywhere else. And he's a 12 to 1 shot. And for our old friend, the wine tipster, Neil Phillips, his horse, Fumble Savola, uh, Venetia Williams, and Charlie Deutsch is a 50 to 1 shot. 17 days since Venetia Williams trained a winner. Mm. Now that I've said that on the show, and you highlighted earlier on, Tanya, she'll win with everything at the weekend now. Because that's pretend, yeah. that's what happens when I start talking about Venetia Williams' oh, form. <laughs> she just wins with absolutely everything she runs then. But no, that has to be a major concern with her horses for the weekend. Um, Lucy, who do you like in the Clarence House? Yeah, it's it's not going to be a walk in the park for Nergamine, but I, I do think he's probably the best horse in the field. Um, he's obviously in very good form going to this race as well, having won at Cork um, back in December. So just the one run going into this after that um, hilly way chase win. And yeah, he was the champion chase winner from last season. And I, I don't think he quite got the credit he deserved because obviously Shishkin pulled up in that contest. Um, it was a fantastic lineup, that Queen Mother champion chase last season. 
um, a lot of strength and depth in behind him on that occasion. And I just think he's, um, I just think he's very classy. He's very, he's very good. He's very solid. So I think it's his race to lose, but it's, it's ultimately not going to be a yeah complete walk in the park because Edward Stone is a very, very solid horse. Um, I don't think the Gary Moore horse is probably up to this standard at Cheltenham, but he was obviously very, very good at Kempton last time, but obviously a bit lucky because we lost Edward Stone in that race. So, yeah, if I was having a bet, I think Amarillo Sky, it's a shame we haven't got eight runners because um, I think he could run into the placings if if there were eight runners and I would be having a bet each way on him. But he, he's got, because he's got course and distance form and, yeah, he, he's thrown in the deep end in this contest, but I do, I do like him as a horse. I thought he ran well at the Cheltenham Festival last season, but he's probably out of his, out of his depth in this grade. So um, I think Anergamine has it all for me. It's a fair one to mention, though, and 66 to 1 with Betdak, and I think you'll do better than that uh, if you wanted to take a real swing at something for Amarillo Sky. Uh, but your overall selection is going to be Anergamine for, for Lucy, and look, I, I, can't, yeah. I can't really argue too much with that. Um, I'm liable to play Edward Stone here. Uh, Tanya, just purely from the perspective that I think it is a two-horse race. All credit to editor Dejit and all that, uh, but it should be the champion chaser against the Arkle winner, and you're getting two to one about Edward Stone, who was deadly in the Tinkle Creek and beat a horse who's just spectacular around Sandown that, that day in Greentine. Um, so I'll, I'll trust him to be back on his best behaviour and put in a, a, a clear round this time and not have any faults. Uh, and then hopefully we'll get the loot at two to one. But how do you see it going? I think the pair of them, Edwiston and Enogamain, the connections of the pair of them are relieved, relieved that Editor Dejit is in the race in some respects, in the fact that that one will make uh, the race totally honest and a, okay. an upbeat tempo because we saw Enogamain had to make his own pace when he took on Shishkin. Uh, Ascot and then Shishkin beat him almost a year ago in the in the very race, but now it's been rescheduled to Cheltenham. Editor Jeep being in the race then um, makes their minds up um, to trying to work out what initially we we're going to think. How on earth are Nogamain and Edward Stone going to go on? And Nogamain was going to be the likely leader. He might well do so again, but at least he's got something to run off with that will keep pace with him for the majority up until the the last maybe, or just kick on as well with him. I just think Anogamain will win this race at, at the champion chaser. He's done little wrong um, since the uh, Clarence house. He's just improved, in fact, I, I sense. And um, it's for Edwardston to try and match him, and he's improving all the while. It's just going to be a great spectacle now and saved, I think, by Editor Digi being in the race. What price do you think he'll go for Cheltenham? If an argument wins, and let, let's say let's say Edward Stone finishes second, but it's it's a comprehensive win for an argument. What price does he then go for the Cheltenham Festival, in your view? Um, well, it'd be the same as maybe two on three on as he is going into this race. I don't, I don't mm. know. No, why do you think he's? No, going I, 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 I think you're right. I think I think you're absolutely right. I, I wonder if you are. Keen on Blue Lord. Because who else is gonna who else is gonna take him on? Well, that's the question. Um, yeah. The, the only other so, horse that I can think like Blue Lord will go, assuming that Alaho is okay and he yeah. has doesn't have to be rerouted to the Ryanair. 
then Blue Lord will go for this and he's going to take in the Dublin Racing Festival in the meantime. So he has the capacity to close in price. Maybe, yes, he'll maybe, make the Nogo Main four to five. Yeah. Because Blue Lord is very, very talented. Not he, that these two aren't. He's a talented racehorse, but if an Ergamine blows away the Arkle winner or even beats the Arkle winner, yeah. then it, you're probably right. It's probably twos on. And we've said it on yeah. the show numerous times, bookmakers just want any excuse to cut a horse's price these days. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just it's stepping out onto the track. Um, it's not these days. It always used to be the case. It used to really infuriate me that if a horse was um, running um, in a race and it was four on in that very race and it was four to one to win its target race, it would shorten up to freeze maybe sometimes five to two for the target race. And that mm. it was four on anyway. Yeah. Kind of five on or six on. But there you go. I will never forget Sean Boyce blackmailing yeah. a bookmaker's PR rep one day. Rightly so. Yeah. I don't condone blackmail, but on this occasion he was absolutely right because he got an email from a bookmaker's PR rep saying, well, this horse was absolutely spectacular and uh, we've had a weight of money to support him for the RSA and because of that we've had to cut him to six to one. What was the problem with that? It was sent to him a minute after, five minutes after a race in which the horse was a non-runner. Yeah. So it was a pre-written bullshit PR yeah. line. And he just said, I'll, you know, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but if you don't tell me the name of that, if you don't pay X amount of money to my betting account, then I shall tell everybody. Um, he told me over pints one night. It's just shameful stuff. It's absolute nonsense. Um, right. Uh, Lucy, Tanya, mm-hmm. and I are all, uh, well, you're you're both with an argument. I think he's the most likely winner, but at the two to one about Edward Stone, I'll, I'll just, I'll take the, the chance that, on a coin flip two to one, will hopefully pay dividends. The 150. It's the another chance for Emmett to lose money on Il Rodato Handicap Chase. Is it? That's <sighs> a good name. Is it? And but uh, you might not. Well, he's got the first time cheek pieces, Tanya. So there's a chance. Oh, uh, six, there's a chance. six to one, bet that go about uh, Il Rodato for another chance for me to do my cash. A fugitive. Uh, who was a good winner at Chepstow the last days, a 9-2 shot, your darling, a 7-1 shot. Lucy, am I losing more money here in Il Rodato? I, I think he has a chance, Emmett, certainly, but he always has a chance, doesn't he? He always runs well into the placings, but never quite comes out on top. I think he's got a big race in him at some point. Um, let's hope the cheap pieces do work, because I think he's a very talented horse. Um, but he's beginning to get a bit frustrating, isn't he? Um, he jumps very well. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be betting on him just because um, it's a little bit risky whether he does turn up. But uh, for me, I think Cool Cody is very overpriced. Um, so he would probably be my selection if I was having a bet. Um, yeah, this horse made a lot of people happy when he won at Cheltenham last season um, in that big race. He was a big prize on that occasion as well. And a bit disappointing last time at Kempton, but he won prior to that. And then he did pull up in the big race, um, the Paddy Pie Gold Cup in November. He didn't go too far. He, I think he pulled up after the fifth fence and he just sort of slithered on landing. So I didn't actually see too much wrong with him on that occasion. So I'm willing to give him another chance. He's got course and distance form. Yeah, he's a bit high in the weights, but he acts very, very well around Cheltenham. So I think he's quite a big price. Didn't he, his trainer say that he wouldn't run him in a big handicap again? <laughs> and yeah, yet, and, here and we are. Here <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, I've flip-flopped so many times, I can't exactly uh, have too much of a go at Evan Williams, but 14 to 1. 
is a very, very fair price, but the talented, cool Cody. Tanya, what about you? I thought I really loved the run of Now Where or When at Air when it was third behind some tidy horses in Dusart and Sounds Russian. I know that was over three miles, but since then, Now Where or When has come out and won over two miles. And it's kind of a fresh horse amongst some of these that, um, you know, can be classed as we do our money on, like Spirit of the Games, who knows how um, to run up alongside and then not go on with it. Um, we've got, as you say, Il Rodotto's have plenty of chances. Um, cool Cody is a Cheltenham specialist, won three times out of 15 runnings. I just thought the freshness and the low weight of now, where or when does really appeal. Fugitive, well, one easing across the line at Chepstow, but the handicap has really put the shackles on and said, here you go, I've put you up a nice chunk in weight. Let's see if you can defy that. And I'm not saying that you can't defy that, but that really is asking a massive question. Il Rodotto is runs exceptionally well in the bigger and better handicaps. And once again, in a sort of state that some of these run against each other quite regularly. So I'm trying to eke out the fresh ones like now where or when. And another one that I'd give a shout out to is Nocta Velatis of um, Tom Lacey's, who's been running in the smaller type of races. And despite that, really hasn't missed the radar of the handicapper. That's come in carrying um, 10-8. So my two against the field, but the big one will be now where or when. That's the one that I'd be on. And just for a forecast, Nocta Velatis. Coming in hot, Tanya Stevenson. I mean, you, you <laughs> like a big price horse, but going for a, yeah. a 14 to 1 shot and now where or when. Some of these are right rogues, though, and I don't want to be defamatory, <laughs> but when you're sort of having that little bit of banter in the shops, they're, they are, they're great horses. You'd love to own each and every one of them, but then you look at them at um, as prospects for... Um, going across the line in front or how the handicappers handled them and you give them these sort of really cheeky names. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to share one of those cheeky names with us? Well, as I said, they're calling them some some of them, you know, little rogues, but they're not, are they? I mean, it's just uh, you think, oh, my goodness, have I am I gone, gone with that again like you with Il Rodotto? And you think... Uh, one day this is going to win, but it's kind of, are we calling the horse out or are we calling the handicap of that for putting the horse in this situation? It's mm. just, mm. The truth I is, don't know. The truth I, is somewhere now in, we're in the all middle. In, it, to me, seems huge considering what the horse has achieved and that third place, that novice chase, um, and the horse has progressed rapidly and it seems to have been missed in because they're focused on the horses that are unlucky. Yeah, and Stuart Crawford's got a, a really good record when he brings these horses over to the UK as well. JJ Slevin on board. 14s now where or when, and not content with just banging in a 14-1 to winner. For the reverse forecast, Nolte Velata's yeah. 18s. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go, Tanya Stevenson. Gravy everywhere. <laughs> Gravy everywhere. Uh, that mean, uh, listen, This is simple. Just do the combination tricast. On, go on with Il, <laughs> with Il Rodotto. Exactly. There you uh, go. And, and you can't forget Cool Cody. So put four horses in 
14 to no. 1, 14 to 1, 18 to 1, and 6 to 1. Il Rodotto is nailed on to be fourth. So that's going to be no good to us. But uh, once we get the 1, 2, 3 in that combination tricast, we're, we're making gravy left, right, and center. That's yeah. We're all headed straight to the Cheltenham Festival in, for five star accommodation. Never mind the 500% increase in hotel prices from one week to the next at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, it's it's going to be all about five-star service and then bottles of champagne galore for Tanya Stevenson. We're not getting too carried away here at all, are we? Uh, 150 Cheltenham. Yeah. We're getting the sweep. Uh, it's a proper Gold Cup trial for the Grade 2, the three-mile, one-and-a-half furlong uh, Cotswold chase. Uh, six runners, but a high-class renewal of this race, but arguably the best in, in years. Protectorat, runaway winner, of the Betfair Chase last time out is the 13 to 8 favourite with Betdak, who go 2 to 1 about Grand National winner Noble Yates. Ahoy Senor, oh dear, uh, 8 to 1 about him. Frodon, who won this race back in 19, Dickety Doo, is a 9 shot and sounds <laughs> Russian uh, 9 to 1 as well. Uh, Lucy Russell Hughes, take us away for the Gold Cup trial. Who wins? Yeah, I think Protector Rat probably has every chance of winning, and he's, he's probably is the right favourite. Um, I like the way the Skeletons have trained him. They haven't given him too many races. Obviously, he's a very good winner of the the Betfair Chase on his on his first start this season. That was a huge performance um, to have not had a run since last April to go and win like in in the fashion that he did um, was was very very good. So, yeah, he was third at Cheltenham uh, last year behind Aplutard in the Gold Cup. Again, another huge run. Um, he's very, very solid at the top of the market. But if I was having a bet, I think Sounds Russian would probably get my money because, well, it depends what sort of prize protector act goes off, I suppose. Um, Sounds Russian, I think, has every chance. Um, second behind into overdrive last time out. Yeah, he was a bit disappointing at Aintree, I thought, in the many cows chase. He probably had a bit bit to do, um, probably had a bit too much ground to make up. <clears throat> but I, I like the way Ruth Jefferson has trained this horse as well. She, She's sort of you know, taking no hiding places. She's she's thrown him in the deep end and, and he has answered nearly every question. Uh, I think he's he's got a lot to like about this horse. He's got a nice profile, jumps very well, stays very well. Um, I think he'll handle Cheltenham pretty well. He hasn't raced around there, but that wouldn't put me off. So I think um, if, he, if I was having a bet, he would get my money. But I think Protector Act is the likeliest winner. Yeah, and our good friend Sean Quinlan's going to ride Sounds Russian. Uh, I think he's definitely got a, a chance for forecast purposes at the very least. Um, Tanya, what about you? There is no hiding place in this race, is there? There is literally no hiding place for because Frodon and Ahoy Senor in the race, but particularly Frodon, who um, we haven't seen Frodon at his best. He was third behind a protector at and third in the King George, yet Cheltenham is Frodon's domain. Um, he's won round the venue on six occasions so this is Frodon's domain you've got to come and beat Frodon somehow and Bryony will kick him on out in front so as I said no hiding place so this will suit those that are coming from behind and those that have grade one form and the grade one form lies with Protectorat and it's a case of where Protectorat is going to be nestled in behind Frodon and indeed Noble Yates will the him the faster pace, the better, because he's got to be brought into the race, isn't he? As we saw beautifully how Ryan, the tightest of turns at Aintree, you don't get no tighter there. That that burst of acceleration, I think, will resonate with everyone for forever to come. Um, 
So I think Frodon will go out in front, Protectorat will sit in behind, and I'd have to be with the favourite Protectorat because despite, um, as they come over the last, if Frodon's still in front, the, the whole of Cheltenham, I should think, will be cheering mm. Frodon, mm. even if it be Protectorat as well to some extent. Uh, I'm let's, going let's not go crazy now. Let's not go nuts, Tanya. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> if, if Frodon is but, doing um, me in Protectorat, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, Paul Nichols has won this five times, so Frodon was with one of one of them. It's not been the best race for favourites, but I am going with Protectorat because that was just like a really surefire. It was just an awesome performance at Haydock, wasn't it, by Protectorat? Yeah, it was class. I, I like Noble Yates yeah. a lot, and I'm fascinated to see what he yeah. can do, but I have a concern about Cheltenham for him. I'm not entirely yeah. certain that he's going to love the, the Cheltenham race course, uh, particularly the new course. Um, and this wasn't the plan. He was due to go to Lingfield, and it was because of that botched yeah. flu jab uh, that yeah. essentially he, he had to be rerouted here. So this was not his first target. Um, and do you really want to go to the DRF and take on Gallop on Champ and conflate it? Probably not. So it's it's a good test for him. It'll tell us more about him. He's second favourite for the Gold yeah. Cup. Uh, I, I don't dismiss him, but Protector out of 13 days is, is the play for me as well. Uh, and I would I would back both of you up pretty strongly there uh we got the old boy paisley park in action in the cleave hurdle three o'clock uh, on itv and racing tv uh just the seven runners but paisley park will be the star of the show here he was terrific on boxing day and is the 11 to 8 favorite with betdak from dashel drasher uh, who has formed at noble yates back over hurdles seven to two jelina bello who also returns to hurdles for paul nichols four to one and botox has uh, who was behind marie's rock on new year's day a nine to one shot tanya who do you like it has to be Paisley Park, doesn't it, really? Uh, it's very hard to oppose him. It's his race. Um, he's won it on three previous occasions. Um, it's looking at, against who's taking him on. It is very hard to oppose him. It's just as simple as that. I could just uh, tip protector up, but you could have a sentimental saver on a double Frodon and Paisley Park. They seem to be on the same card together. Um, after that wonderful day in the festival many years ago, but I'm just not going to complicate matters here. He'll hit his flat spot. He'll get us worried. We'll be biting our nails. We'll be cheering him on. We'll be getting worried, but I just think um, the old boy will come through and um, just lift again the Cheltenham grandstand. He's just um, such a crowd pleaser. It's a remarkable story that he's still managing to get the job done. Uh, and that was terrific attempt, and particularly on a track that shouldn't have suited him, and yet he still managed to go and, and win and win comprehensively in the end. Uh, Lucy, are you with the old boy? Uh, yeah, well, my my heart certainly with him, um, and yes, I'll be absolutely loving it if he wins. I think like the whole of Cheltenham and the whole of the um, horse racing world. But if I was having a bet, I think Julino Bello is the value to be had. Yes, Lucy. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, I think if Paisley Park goes off too short, he's he's not much value, is he? Um, it's just a race to saviour if he does win. And yeah, Janino Bello, I think back over hurdles is, is a really interesting move. He was grade one winner at Aintree last season and we know he has all the stamina and he's got age on his side. Um, he's also getting a nice weight pull from Paisley Park as well. I think there's a lot of positives to Janino Bello who's Obviously, fell at Kempton last time out, but it wasn't too much of a heavy fall um, that I would be too concerned with him going into this contest. And I think he's um, a pretty solid. I think he has a solid chance. Yeah, I, I like him an awful lot as well. Um, he's gone well at Cheltenham before. Uh, 
chasing home the second favourite for the stairs hurdle, who hasn't been seen since for well over a, a year now, um, a blazing cal, but uh, it's kind of bonkers to think that that horse is so prominent for the stairs hurdle and has yet to run for over 400 days. Um, but at Aintree, he was terrific when stepped up to three miles for the first time uh, in grade one company, and I think that's the key to him. He's big bucks is the obvious comparison going from chasing to hurdles, but Sapphire Daru did it as well for Paul Nichols in 2015. They abandoned chasing temporarily with him, came back and, and won this race, and then won at Aintree afterwards as well. Um, six of the last 14 winners of this race had gone chasing and then reverted to hurdles. Uh, he's a proper grade one class horse, and he's a fascinating con- contender in the Stairs Hurdle division. He's 20s for the race, um, and, and I would I've already advised taking the 20s, and I think that's a, a fair price, and I think the fours with Betdak is very fair for the weekend as well. Um, I, I love Paisley Park, but he does throw in the odd blip here and there, uh, and he's 11 days. This fellow's fours. It's a guess, but given his grade one class and putting the trust in Paul and Harry, I think Julian Bella will, will go very, very close, uh, and I'm fascinated to see what he can do. The 335 is the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, and Dan Skelton as the 5-2 to two favourite with Betdak in Pembroke from Henri II. First time tongue-tied for him for Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden, 7-2. Rock My Way, Tom Scudamore and Sid Hoisey, 7-1 uh, shot. And Can You Call for Evan Williams and Adam Wedge, 10-1. to one. Lucy, who do you like? Yeah, Pembroke for me, finally. He, he's looking like he's going to go a favourite for one of his hurdle runs, which I think he deserves. <laughs> it's I, no I respect. Really, no, I didn't think he has his last three runs. Um, obviously, he was beaten by Tamaris um, on that on that first start over hurdles um, at Chepstow back in November. But since then, he's been very, very good, and I, I've been very impressed with him. Um, even at Ludlow last time out, I think everyone sided with that Western Sem uh, Semfar from the Charlie Longson team. I think people thought that's the horse to be following this season, and he's won since as well. That Western um, Semfar. So yeah, I think Pembroke. Um, he's also got a nice weight pull, I think, from Henri II. Um, so I think Pembroke has everything in his favour. I like that. I like the the confidence. I will be taking you on, but I'm not going to say who yet, because here comes Tanya Stevenson to either back you up <laughs> or take you on. Tanya? <laughs> no, I'm going to back Lucy up. I think this Pembroke is progressing um, the right way and winning by further and further and and. And now the declaration is the fact that now we'll we'll go to Cheltenham, we'll go in a graded race, and um, you, you just you just felt that after the Ludlow victory that that's what Pembroke deserved. Looking at some of the other runners, I'm intrigued why Dr. Brown Bear has arrived here in this contest, and I would be keeping a very close eye on Dr. Brown Bear. I. Uh, very highly was, tried in juvenile hurdles last season as well. It was, and I was on each way in the Boodles last season, and it's sort of maybe sit up and take notes. So it's not so much for tomorrow, but there is obviously a method for why Dr. Brown Bear is there. Um, and I will just probably have a sentimental each way uh, selection on Dr. Brown Bear. Always, as you said, highly tried and I fell for it last year, but it's not without, he's not without ability. He gets into the frames and get into the race and maybe well, he's only had one race since Cheltenham last year as well. Yeah, he's, uh, only, he's only run twice for Martin Brazel. Yeah, this is, um, 
An intriguing horse, so watch out for him, but my selection is Pembroke. Martin Brazel, in the last five yeah. years, has only sent nine horses to the UK. Yeah. Yet he's bringing this fellow over for Cheltenham Trials Day. Exactly, exactly. That's that's a, made me really take note because mm, that some, he's, a, he's a horse with plenty of ability. Oh, it's and there run, for sure. Yeah, the, the is definitely there. But whether whether this it, grade two is a bit too high, we'll see. Mm. Twenty-five to one. Don't say you weren't warned. And mm. then he proceeds to go and tip something else. Uh, I <laughs> I like rock my way. Um, right. He was third in a point to point before behind. It's for me who absolutely bolted up on bumper debut for William Mullins. That's when he was trained by Stuart Crawford. The second horse has gone to Gordon Elliott and is highly regarded. Uh, Rock My Way was third. He's gone to, to Sid Hoysier. Uh Since then, he bolted up in an Irish point-to-point, was sold for 90 grand, and on New Year's Day, with no experience at a massive price, gave We've All Been Caught a right fright. And I think he should be considerably shorter than the 7-1. to one. Uh, I'm delighted he's not, and it's almost certainly... Uh, smaller trainer syndrome that they're just ignoring the. Uh, it's a smaller trainer, so yeah, we'll ignore him. He's he's a sol- he's a beautifully bred horse by getaway out of an old Vic mare. Um, that that point to point form when he was beaten behind it's for me. That's red hot, uh, and there's a number of horses from from that race in behind that have gone to Willie Mullins as well, um, uh, and a couple of horses in behind have, have also come out and won since. Not only the the winner it's for me, uh, but the the key to this is that we've all been caught for him because I'd rate him very, very highly. There's only two horses from Britain entered for the Dublin Racing Festival. So Royal, and we've all been caught. And the more yeah. I think about that horse, the more I'm very, very sweet on him for the potato race. So the seven to one about <laughs> Rock My Way is, is just, it's, that's what we call it, Tanya. We can't call it anything else but the potato race on the final front podcast. Uh, so Rock My Way at seven to one is just, it's too big. And I hope he's going to have the class to get the job done. Tom Scudamore retains the ride, so I'm I'm pretty bullish about him. Um, very briefly at Doncaster, the Skybet Handicap Chase, Galaw, uh, eleven to four, T for free, eleven to two, Captain Nord, six to one, uh, and Mister Coffee, eight to one. Lucy, who do you like? Yeah, Galaw for me. Um, I'm just going to get up the the race in front of me, Emmett. I'm Sorry. I'm with you on this. Let's let's go to Tanya Tanya Stevenson, three fifteen Doncaster. You're going for you're going for Galaw. Well, I mean, you can't. Uh, you can't crab the form at all, can you? It was just an awesome victory at Cheltenham and, and a well-deserved one as well. Captain Orr, just a heads up to everyone, was a well-held third in the contest last year. I'm sure Kerry Lee wants to atone for storm control last year, where she was well clear with uh, storm control and was Ooh. picked up by Windsor Avenue. She runs the machine. He ran brilliantly at Cheltenham behind Midnight River, came into the sort of actually into the race all too late. Um, I know the pair of you are going for galore. I'm going to give a shout out, although it's got enough weight, to the old boy cloth cap. This is a race where sometimes those with the utmost experience come through and thrive. Brian Hughes rides this for John Joe and Neil. I felt it was an excellent run, excellent run in the beaches. You didn't see cloth cap in the beaches until all too late, which was great before that. Um, it was a good run at Aintree as well um, when behind Dingo Dollar. Uh, Cloth Cap, I think he's coming back to a little bit of his form and uh, I see that might have been proving popular a long way out in the betting here. 
um, for this Sky Bit Chase. I'll go for him, Cloth Cap. I, I understand Galore. I'm going to somehow have to try and beat that, but Cloth Cap could come into this race with a, a viable chance. He's very interesting. Uh, I like Galore, like Lucy. Uh, he wasn't foot perfect over his fences, but the step up to three miles um, at Cheltenham, but still managed to, to overcome the fact that he, he wasn't exactly fluent here and there, but the step up to three miles, uh, I think, is, is going to be the key to him. It'll He's completely unexposed over that distance. It should bring out a bit more improvement in him. And if he does make the errors that he made at Cheltenham, it'll give him more time to recover from that. Although I wouldn't want to see him making those mistakes again. Hopefully he'll, he'll overcome that. Um, but I think he's a, a very smart prospect and I, I'm definitely with him. Uh, Lucy, what is your reason for being with Galal? Yeah, um, I mean, I was so impressed with him when he won at Wincanton all those years ago in the Rising Star Novices Chase. Felt like a long time ago because he did have a long layoff. I can't, I'm not entirely sure why, but anyway, he, he's burst back onto the scene th- th- this season and third on his seasonal return behind Riders on the Storm was very good and equally just as good, if not better, last time out winning that big race at Cheltenham. So, yeah, I think the, obviously the only doubt, doubt is three miles, but to me, he looks like he has all the right credentials to stay the trip. Um, it's a bit unoriginal, isn't it, to be siding with a favourite in such a big race with so many runners, but I think he probably does have um, all the right credentials for the race. 12 stone again. He, he has got to step up, you know, up in trip and the weight, but I think he has every chance. He's lightly raced. Hopefully there's still a bit more to come. Okay. Betdak have very kindly given us £50.00. Two £50 bets. Uh, they are multiples, win-only multiples, and the winnings will go to the Injured Jockeys Fund. Mark and I got close, but close as no cigar the first time we did this, so I will turn the floor over to both of you. Uh, no pressure on you. Remember now, this all goes to charity, but more importantly, gravy for the listeners as well. So the bet back multiple for Tanya Stevenson this weekend would be... Now we're all in in the 150 at Cheltenham. <laughs> and who who are you doubling with that? 14 to 1 double. Who's going in with them? Uh, Paisley Park in the 3 o'clock at Cheltenham. Oh my goodness. Uh, Do we just book the tickets to Dubai now? Because <laughs> I don't, I, I wasn't backing those horses, but you better believe I'm doing a, a double on those two. Uh, or, or We've a- gone from Cheltenham five star. Uh, to Dubai now. Oh, listen, Lucy, yeah. Lucy, we're still going to Cheltenham, Lucy. We're still going, listen, the TriCast is all about Cheltenham. The double is paying for us, to the three of us are then headed off with as many Final Forum podcast listeners as you want. Uh, you can all yeah. come. We're headed to Dubai uh, for the Dubai yeah. World Cup and we're just going to be partying with Nick Luck, left, right and centre, bottles of champagne. Uh, it'll be yeah. a, a lovely Lovely L time uh, if we don't get thrown out of the country for disgraceful behavior. Uh, so that is <laughs> Nowhere When and Paisley Park is the yeah. double for Tanya Stevenson. Lucy, your double? Uh, Jalino Bello. I'll go Jalino Bello um, in the in the Cleve Purdle and uh, Cool Cody as well. I think he has every chance. Well, I tell you what, if that comes off... There's fortunes been made. I'm going to give the doubles to to both of you, the BetDAC multiple. You can put as many horses as you want in in the BetDAC multiple and find out more at BetDAC.com. The multiple I'll put up is Scriptwriter, Protectorat, and Jelena Bello. It's not quite as inventive as the the horses that Tanya and Lucy have put in. They are swinging for the fences. 
and hopefully we'll make good money for the Injured Jockeys Fund and we'll continue that uh, with Betac throughout the season. Right, that is a, a tremendous, tremendous weekend preview. All we need to do now is have Cheltenham actually go ahead and then have these horses go and win for us. Uh, but Tanya, really enjoyed talking to you today and looking forward to talking to you again very soon in TalkSport and having you back on the final for long as well. Oh, yeah, it's been great fun. It's been superb. And let's here's to great racing um, you know, tomorrow, uh, Saturday and beyond. Lots of fun ahead. And Lucy, great having you back on. Looking forward to talking to you on TalkSport next week. Yes, thank you, Emmett and Tanya. Yeah, got everything, uh, fingers crossed, that Cheltenham does go ahead on uh, tomorrow. And lots of gravy from the ladies. Lots of gravy <laughs> left, right and centre. There was a good few horses that we agreed on, but there's also gravy in the sense that you could be headed to the Dublin Racing Festival, courtesy of ourselves and Leopardstown. Just tweet us the answer to this question. Who won the 2018 renewal of the Irish Champion Hurdle? That was the first one under the Dublin Racing Festival banner. Who won the 2018 Irish Champion Hurdle? Tweet the answer using the hashtag FFPComp to at Final Furlong Pod or at Radio Emmett, and we will announce the winners on Monday's show at the Dublin Racing Festival on the 4th and 5th of February. You get a pair of tickets. There's going to be two winners, a pair of tickets. Uh, you're getting a voucher for for food of 12.50. You get a five euro free tote bet, you get your race program, and you get to be at both days of the Dublin Racing Festival. Who won the 2018 Irish Champion Hurdle? Tweet your answers to hashtag FFPComp, C-O-M-P, and we'll announce the winners on Monday. The very best of luck to you. Tanya Stevenson, Lucy Russell Hughes, and myself, Mr. Kennedy. Have a great weekend. Watch out for the Harry Cobden interview. That's coming your way this weekend, too. We'll talk to you very soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today.